0: Welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share first-hand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Kevin, and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, Gene is joined by Jose Horta, co-founder and chief innovation officer at an Uruguay-based automation solutions company, SimpleTech. Jose talked with Gene about how industries like insurance are using technologies to improve user experiences with machine learning and process automation. Take it away, Gene.
1: Jose, welcome to the show. I am excited to have a finally a deep dive into really what is making uh, process automation possible. It happens to be a topic that I think is becoming very much of a customer facing differentiator. But before I get totally distracted by that, I, I would love you to just quickly tell us what you do and who you are and start us from there.
2: Hi Jean, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Jose. I'm the innovation director and co-founder of Simple Tech and Webots. There are two companies that we, we run with some partners and they are focused on unified communications and applying value to companies in their communication to the customers and other stakeholders. I have a PhD in computer science and did my PhD in in France about IoT, blockchain, applied to the energy sector. That has nothing to do with what I do with my companies, but with the companies I run with with my colleagues. I'm a telecommunications engineer, and we created the companies before I, I started my PhD. Then at some point, I started my PhD, left the companies, came back a couple of years ago, and I'm focused on the innovation part in making partnerships and creating new products, new experiences with customers. So that's my my goal in the company.
1: Awesome. I simply could not have picked a better person to have tackled this topic. Let's start from very basic understanding of how we can approach this, meaning, you know, when it comes to automation of, of most anything, so I think part of the decision is like what to automate, what not to automate. Is there any general approach you take with your uh, clients or, you know, when you're developing, how to think about this?
2: I think the, the best use case that you can have for automation is not only when you look at it as a way to reduce the use costs for a company, but also simultaneously to provide, let's say, an improvement in the user experience. So I think in those cases, when the user goes through a process that is cumbersome, that takes time, that it's annoying or it's complicated or whatever, that's a huge opportunity for automation. And if simultaneously, while you automate the process for the user, you can reduce, reduce costs to the company that's providing the services, that's a the honeypots.
1: I have a long list of things that I hate doing, but I have to do when I need to get something done. So I'm assuming from outside of looking in, the list can be quite different from you know inside out kind of analysis. But I know you guys worked on many different use cases, but there are some exciting things I saw in the press as well. Some of the things that you're working with, automating some claim processes and things like that using that as a more specific example can you tell me like what you just talked about in terms of use cause versus the whole pain that users have to go through how that come about
2: in that case I know if you ever had an accident or something but it's a very very stressful situation. And as a user, you're in a very stressful situation. You have to call your insurance broker and then your insurance broker would tell you, I have nothing to do. You have to call the insurance company. Then you call the insurance company and the insurance company, at least here in the region, they would say, "Okay, you have to wait there. We'll send you a technician to fill in the claim form, take pictures and so on. So you have to wait there. And usually people wait between 30 minutes and one hour. And once they arrive, they take pictures, they ask you questions and so on, and then they leave and you get nothing. I mean, you you don't get the claim report or whatever. They send it to you 24 hours afterwards. So for the user, it's kind of the worst situation ever. What we did is focus on the user. If we focus only on the user experience, what we try to do is to ease that process and avoid them to have to wait. So what we provide them is like a way of declaring their insurance, requesting for the, making a claim for the insurance company directly through WhatsApp. There's an automated part that would allow them to go through a process of more or less five steps, nice identification. So who you are what's your plate number, these kind of things. Then uh, the second part of the process is uh, asking for the location of the or when it happened and where it happened. The third part is uh, sharing documentation. The fourth is sharing pictures of the, what happened, I mean, of the car, the damages, these kind of things, and declaring what happened, what was the damage, what did happen effectively in the process. So instead of like 30 minutes, one hour waiting and so on, it takes eight minutes, and you can leave because you are able to leave the place in only eight minutes. And usually, when you when you have an accident with another person, you are able to leave because your insurance allows you because they provide you with the service. And the other person has to wait. It's a kind of a, I can I can leave because I have this this insurance that allows me to do this, so I can leave. And you have to ah you have to wait. Okay, just wait, and I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, it's like the, in, in eight minutes you. You're done and you leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny, though, that the context is such a, you know, unfortunate situation. But there yes. is that whole show-off-ish, like, you know, look what I could do that you cannot, uh, you know, I don't have to put up with this kind of moment. And, yeah. and I think that is what I was uh, hoping in, in a way, you know, the whole user-facing differentiator, mm-hmm. where I think we went through the maturity uh, curve enough to know that some of these digital experiences are really not just a little task automation or anything like that. it's it's becoming like real differentiator. can you give us some perspective in terms of why it it, it is happening even uh, more so now and and you know you know what makes it more of a now? moment to do this kind of things, despite all the, you know, some of the legacies still happening and issues happening with the insurance industries where those factors might not have changed that much.
2: I think it's mainly due to the channels that the user had to make a claim, for example, or to do these kind of things. Usually it was the phone. So you have to call somebody and be in a phone call with somebody and then solve the things or, or even physically. You have to get a technician to go there, whatever, for because they had to take pictures and things like this. So I think with social networks and the opening of social networks with APIs for allowing automating these kind of communications, so not, not only being able to chat with an agent, but also complement the human interaction with automated interaction. That is the key that allows for plenty of opportunities that it's not that we're impossible to, to automate, it's just that the, it wasn't that easy as it is now. So everybody has WhatsApp or has Facebook Messenger or, or Instagram, whatever. So I think now it's easier because you don't have you don't have to go through all this process of developing like an app uh, or, or a website and the experience of the user would have been anyway cumbersome and making it evolve it was also very hard to do so so maintaining an app and updating the user experience in the app now with the, the social networks and, and the platforms as, as the platforms that we build that are no code and you can modify something in the experience and it's instantaneously applied to the experience. It's not that you have to update the app, for example, download the last version of the app. No, doesn't happen. You don't need to wait.
1: Yeah. I remember the the, the whole big promise of a digital transformation was very much uh, hinged upon people having to download the app and install the app. And and I, I remember those times where people are very optimistic, brands are very optimistic that people would download their apps and do this all this and, and, and being part of it. And last episode, I was talking with a solution architect here in Germany that works with a lot of airline company as well as an automobile company. And, you know, he was mentioning two things about why the adoption, all those things are not happening as fast as some might have expected. But something like WhatsApp is kind of solving that, but they solve the device, flavor, varieties, and all those thing issues. So you, you kind of having different scheme. And, and that's kind of a failure of the industry until th- some of this whole major platforms came in and provide this. Do you agree in, in the context of what you are just talking about?
2: Yes. I mean, I think that that was one of the keys that there is some like companies as WhatsApp or Facebook that are maintaining their apps and they're putting their apps everywhere. So everybody has their apps. So. Now they have this tool to get to information. For example, there is one use case of automation that we may talk maybe in another session, but I mean more more deeply, but it's voice biometrics uh, authentication. Usually for applying biometrics, biometric authentication, you have to have an app because you have to know that the picture was taken at that time. You have to be sure that there is a concept that's called liveness that you have to be sure that the user is there taking the picture. you know. And for example, in WhatsApp, we are able to implement voice biometrics authentication because if you push the button of recording uh, the audio, we know that you're recording the audio at that point. So it's not that you're attaching the audio. If you attach an audio, it's a different endpoint on the API. So we know that the audio that's coming for processing was recorded at that point in time. You know, So that gives you liveness and enables you to implement plenty of things that otherwise you would have to develop an app and put it on the hands of the user, which has a huge cost.
1: This is such a pattern. You know QR code? Having seen the first way of QR code adoption, this new wave that is coming and we're seeing it everywhere was really surprising. But the thing is, it became that... After the device providers start embedding it into their camera functions that you don't need a scanner, once that little extra step of having to have a separate app to solve that little problem that, you know, consumers are not willing to bother with, once that's solved by some other means, I think the adoption is getting broader. Sometimes it sounds obvious, but is there specific indicators, or is there something you are seeing really experiencing the broader adoption, Customers are really using it, and what the difference is?
2: For example, claiming insurance automation, uh, at first you have to call anyway. You have to call the call center. And when you call the call center, they will tell you, you want to continue through uh, the call center, or you want to go through WhatsApp. You also can not do it in, in WhatsApp. At first, the first time we have been running this service for a year and a half or something like that, first it was 15% or 10% that people was like choosing to go through WhatsApp, and now it's 40%. 40% of all the claims that are done for San Cristobal, that's a company that is implementing this, this use case, 40% of these claim insurance are, are declared through WhatsApp. And they plan to, by the end of this year, to get it to 50 50, 50% of people being de- declaring their claims through WhatsApp.
1: I'll be the first one if it's actually offered, you know, a front, you know, IVR, and you know, the voice recording is offering the choice, I will take this. So it, it does sound intuitive. And you mentioned like eight minutes to go through the entire process or something yeah. like this. And, and versus what kind of from initiation to resolution, you know, whole claiming a completed claim, how much of a difference we are talking about?
2: After the technician leaves, you, as I mentioned before, you didn't finish the process. You didn't get the PDF. You declare the insurance. You made the claim. Everything is fine. In the other case, you have to wait until, let's say, 24 hours afterwards, you would receive the claim by email. So this, this, is, this is huge also. So these eight minutes, we are trying to make it lower, uh, lower this time with the next version because these have been hugely evolving. I mean, it's very easy to make it evolve, to test some ex- some experiences, evaluate them, make some changes to, to make improvement to the use, user experience. And one of the things we saw, it was kind of cumbersome from the, for the users, and I experienced it myself in the in I had, it was that you have to, for example, the declaration of what happened in the current version, you have to write it down. So you have to write. I was going through this avenue, and I turned left, and whatever. This process now, we're training an AI for speech to text. So they would be able to speak what happened, and this would translate into text in order to put it on the claim system. So the declaration in the claim system and to print it on the PDF afterwards at the end of the process. We tried this at the beginning. 1 year and a half ago and this was not possible because the, the noise around the, because you are in the middle of the street so but the the maturing of the technology uh, AI and particularly voice voice recognition technologies has evolved so much that the, now you can you can do these kind of things.
1: Oh, this is wonderful. So, the user is in the same place, you know, a similar level of noise and all that. And now just technology has simply gotten better to yeah. separate the noise from the, uh, the, the voice and then, you know, transcribing it into written text.
2: You get to train the system because you get audio and then you train the system in terms of noise, background noise and how to tune the system to take out this noise and leave like a a cleaner voice.
1: I'm curious, are you seeing decline in terms of the uh, handover to agents being requested? How how is that looking?
2: It was very, very low. I mean, it was almost non-existent. So if if we realize that the user at some point has some struggle with the process, if there is the first attempt uh, fails. And you offer a second attempt and it fails, then you send it to the, to the agent. So this is what we are looking for in, in what we do, is to complement the work of the agents with the work of the automation. So that you can go and come back and go and come back, whatever you need. I mean, as a, as a user, you're following a process. At any point, you may be needing a clarification or something like this. So you may go to an agent and come back and continue the process. So far, we've been
1: talking about changes that's happening on the users and the customers end. But now you you open the back door a little bit here, where the agent can have the uh, visibility into the process that is happening of those users. And when, when they get stuck, they can intervene at any moment and then, you know, put the process back into automation and things like this. So tell me a little bit about the changes happening On that end, the agents end, in the back.
2: In that sense, I see like a a big movement, kind of like you have the call center industry that was used to phone calls. They're kind of trying to add to their solutions, but they are not that advanced in what is conversational, but through chat, through social networks, these kind of things. So they are trying to move to this place of conversational because, I mean, everything is moving there. And on the other side, you have companies like us that were bringing this up by design based on, on this new experience and this new demand from, from customers. So I think I think it, that's, that's an opportunity. So we're kind of rebuilding kind of a call center experience in that sense, but based in different things, different interactions in uh, pictures, a uh, position, sharing the history
1: when you look at this particular success, were you thinking of, like, a where else it can scale up to?
2: I, I think there are two ways to scale this. I mean, kind of to replicate the same use case in other big insurance companies, for example. This is one case. Or using all this learning to provide other use cases. Similar to this, maybe not exactly the same. For example, with, with another company, with the LBC. This is La Boliviana Sia Cruz is the biggest company, the biggest insurance company in, in Bolivia. We're doing the auto inspection. So they request their customers to make a, an inspection of their vehicle every year. And the inspection takes like you have to take pictures of different different parts of the vehicle and send some information. The more, most complicated thing maybe is that companies don't really know all these possibilities they have. The biggest challenge we have is to make them learn that they can do that, they, that they have these possibilities. Because I I, I don't think they know. They, I mean, they, I know a big insurance company, maybe they don't realize that they have these kind of possibilities. You all also have this kind of the promise of AI. You know, and there is too much information. And maybe they imagine some advanced things that you, you still cannot do. Because they, as, as I mentioned, one year and a half ago, this wasn't the speech to text was not working very well in noisy situations but now it, it is so maybe there is like a, a lack of reality check you know it's kind of or you go to the magic use case that is not really possible today so maybe they tr- they find out some information that realize this is not possible and you have the reality today so there is something in the middle where uh, our experience is that for example applying ai only not not for let's say trying for example one example is uh, companies may may come and say ah i want a chatbot that would look like a human you know like respond like a human and that's not what users are looking for anyway if you try to do that you will be spending a lot of money not not having any any let's say any increase in conversion or whatever, and you will be frustrated. And both the user and the company.
1: Right.
2: If you rather than that, you focus on using technology in what the technology is good for and identifying that it's not easy. It's not easy for us that are in technology and it's even harder for companies. So I think they are kind of kind of lost in this kind of uh, in all this information and they don't know what's really possible and what's really not possible. So we're using AI in things that are applicable and real today for solving problems that are specific. Not trying to do that magic of like, you know, speaking like a human. This was
1: never done before yeah. kind of thing.
2: Yeah, you know, this kind yeah. of like yeah. magic and yeah. yeah. And I think you will get frustration in, in for everybody.
1: I, I absolutely love this. And, and, and that's just such a, a, a nice wrap of the first segment that we are having right now, because I, I do think I, I hear two different things in what you just said, it really jives with me, is that I think some people were in a kind of a, in early part of the hype cycle, where you kind of uh, uh, try something because it was hyped, and then you have disappointment, the incremental improvements that happened. From that, because we happen to be in a very, very fast-moving industry, mm-hmm. that people are not looking at it as a real opportunity. Where now it finally become very something very, very useful, and, and I absolutely love that.
0: Thanks again to Jose Horta for joining us today. Don't forget to tune into our next episode for the conclusion of our conversation with Jose. You can find out more about Jose at SimpleTech.UI. To find out more about Gene and Tintech, visit tintech.com. Make sure to subscribe to Mobile Interactions Now and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Tintech, thanks for listening.